Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm and we're located in Riverside. We serve the Inland Empire. I'm also a certified financial planner and I have three other individuals in my office that are also certified. In addition to that, we have one of our advisors that's an attorney. If you'd like to know more about us, just go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Now, every week what I do in my radio program is I divide my segments the uh, program into three segments. The first one is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you could use. Now in the first segment of the retire of the program, the retirement update, I wanna talk about some things that are, I think are going to be happening regarding benefits down the road projection. Right now there is a, uh, a bill in Congress right now, it's a bipartisan support to raise the required minimum distributions up to age 75. Now, if you recall, last year they passed the CARES Act, and one of the things they did is they raised the required minimum distributions from 70 and a half to 72. And then this year, they, of course, they gave a kind of a forgiveness. They set aside because of COVID and all the things we've been faced with in our country. But I think it's interesting that they're moving to increase the retirement date. Now, this all has kind of an underground undertow movement of what I think is going to be happening with Social Security. Now, I'm not concerned or alarmed about Social Security benefits being minimized, but I think what's going to happen is the generation behind us. So if you're retired right now, maybe your children and for sure your grandchildren are going to receive their Medicare, excuse me, their Social Security benefits at an older age. Now, what they may do is they'll set the full retirement age. That's the year, that's the age in which you receive the maximum Social Security benefits. So what they've done in the past is that they're increasing that full retirement age. And I think this, the change of the required minimum distribution to age 75, this is kind of a precursor of the wave or the change that potentially could occur. And the basic change would be that they would raise the full retirement age. So right now it's about 67, depending upon that's the oldest, that the latest or the youngest that you can get to it. And I think they would raise it up to 68 and 69. They'll probably do it in stair steps. In other words, if you get your Social Security benefit earlier than that, you just receive a reduced amount. So what they're trying to do is to deal with this longevity issue. And this longevity issue is affecting all of us. It's affecting our pensions. It's affecting our our social security. It's affecting our medical uh, delivery, healthcare delivery, because we're all living longer. And one particular segment of society is getting hit the hardest, and that is women. 
because women typically live longer than their husbands, their, than men. I mean, they're just, it's just a natural um, occurrence that women typically live anywhere from four to seven years longer than their spouses. So again, I think what they're doing is they're dealing with this longevity issue, but women face a number of unique challenges. You know, in retirement, largely as a result because of their lower lifetime earnings and their greater longevity in, in relationship to men. So consequently, consequently, many women will face a longevity gap during which they must be prepared. These expenses are going to come at them no matter what their, what their gender is and no matter what their age is. But single-handedly, these expenses are going to have a dramatic impact. Just to give you an idea, if you take a couple age 43, the man is estimated to pay in medical. That's including Medicare, health insurance, long-term care, all those expenses somewhere in the neighborhood around $492,000 in his lifetime for medical costs. But if you just take that same age, 42, and bring that over to the the spouse, the woman, and then you're looking at increasing that cost $200,000 over the course of her lifetime. And, And a lot of that has to do with the fact that she is just living longer, and she also is going to demand more individual care. Because when men get sick, Typically, what happens is the spouse, the woman, the wife takes care of the man. So therefore, they're not bringing in outside care, at least for a portion of the need for uh, long-term care. So again, a lot of these factors are coming into play here. And I think what we're seeing is that uh, as, as longevity, as we go through course of time, longevity gap is going to become more and more of a conversation. And I think you're going to see adjustments. The American people do not like radical change. In other words, you know, all of a sudden we step up the full retirement age from 67 to 70. So they'll probably do it in small incremental steps, but I believe it's going to happen. I believe economically it's feasible for it to happen. And I think politically they have to do it very, very slowly because politically the, the, uh, the retirees, uh, they're a large voting block and you start talking about their Medicare and social security benefits and you can almost be assured they're going to vote against you. So it's a contract that America has made with the retirees. But the issue is, is how do they fund it? How do they take care of and how do they provide the delivery of care and of benefit when you have an aging population? So again, I think the best way to do that, you know, they'll probably be raising taxes. I think under Biden's plan, if he becomes the president-elect and if he gets it through, I think there's going to be some changes in the tax policy going forward in particular on the income that is going to be subject to Medicare withdrawals. So the higher income earners are going to continue to pay more and more into Medicare. But in addition to that, I think you're going to see longevity come come to make a play in that. In other words, they're going to allow the full retirement age to continue to go. They may even come back with Medicare and where they'll say, Medicare, you apply for it at age 65 and you get this benefit. But if they see that the Medicare benefits are costing too much, they may say, we're going to pay for 90% of the cost. Or we're going to pay for 95% of the cost. So there's going to be more of a share with the participants in Medicare. And it could be income-related or tax-related. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to predict that, but I'm just saying that I think we're seeing the movement. And I think over the next 10 years, I think we're going to see a movement where they're going to stretch out when those benefits are going to begin or the cost of those benefits are going to be related. Again, these are only projections, but I think as as we become realistic about the economics and about the demographics in our country, we have to be realistic about the benefit and the delivery of healthcare. 
If you'd like to know more about this, I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. My phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. One of the things that's become very evident through uh, COVID when it was first, you know, first brought into our nation, you know, back in early part of 2020. And of course, all the lockdowns and everybody, everybody's been affected in some way. And if you've lost somebody, I mean, obviously you've been affected directly from COVID. But from an investment standpoint, um, I had a lot of people that I talked to said, well, we need, we need to be really conservative. And in some cases, we, we did decrease the risk. But it's interesting to kind of do a back test. In other words, you take a look at what investments did better versus those investments that did worse. And what we're finding is that, is that COVID was much like, very similar to what happened in like 9-11. In other words, it was really a shock. And the Federal Reserve, when they put a lot of money into the marketplace and particularly to individuals, in other words, it didn't just go into the banking system, it went actually to direct checks to individuals. So it helped to stabilize household income for many, many households that literally lost their income. And we're not through that yet. But in sense, if we look at the stimulus plan, you know, additional stimulus, the, the overall economy doesn't need more stimulus. Now, it should be more targeted. I agree with that. People that are particularly in the hospitality industry uh, are still being affected negatively from that. But unemployment is dropping. People are going back to work. But it's interesting to see how investments have performed because there's been a lot of money that's poured into different funds. They're called like uh, minimum volatility funds or you know things that the funds that by their name or their nature are to buy companies that are more conservative in their particular funds. Now it's interesting that back in 19, 19 excuse me 2019 we started to see a massive amount of money going into these. People thought the markets were going, you know, they're peaking, they're at a high value and they were. Um, so there was a lot of money that was going into these funds thinking that they were seeking protection, but in actuality when when the market went moved down in March because of COVID these funds got hit just as hard as the growth funds and the other exposed funds that are out there. I'm talking about the blue chip stocks. So by basketing, you know, putting the, the basket of these particular stocks that are supposed to be more stable, 
and provide a level of protection during market uncertainty, they didn't. And the other thing that's interesting is these particular stocks, these particular funds, they didn't recover as quickly because there was a lot of money that was still in there. So the money was the where the people made money from March until right now are the people that took a contrarian or took a, uh, a look at those particular stocks or those particular funds that were going to benefit from COVID. Now you couple that with, of course, the amount of stimulus that was put into the economy, the direct checks that were given to individuals, and the stocks, of course, everybody, you know, everybody knows that the stocks that would benefit people staying at home, working from home, uh, education from home, any of those stocks, a retail, you know, uh, acquisition, buying those stocks that brought, brought food to your door. Uh, grocery stores have done extremely well. People didn't stop eating. It's just the way that they ate was different. So the stocks, you know, the grocery stores and other suppliers of food, and then you take the other companies that uh, went and did shopping for individuals and brought the food to their door, those stocks did extremely well. You know, you had a lot of, um, you had a lot of companies that really emphasized technology. For example, Microsoft went head to head with Zoom and Zoom had some security issues right from the very beginning. But there was a company that was really kind of the leader at the beginning of the year and it was called WebEx. And WebEx just failed miserably. Its stock just did not perform. But more importantly, it didn't deal with the security and the technology. So it was interesting to watch as different companies. So Microsoft, being the giant that it is, did extremely well. But a startup company, you know, startup from the sense that it was a, a smaller company, Zoom did extremely well. And of course, all these other companies like Netflix, bringing food, you know, bringing um, uh, film and other entertainment to your home, did extremely well through that. Now, will that continue going into 2021? I think that we have to look at the macroeconomics. And again, if you've listened to me in the past, macroeconomics is key. You stay focused on where the, where the, where the trends are at, where the money is flowing, where the, where, the, where the investors are starting to move their capital. And you look at the underlying effects of the macroeconomics. In other words, people are saying real estate values are kind of reminding them of going back to 2008. And I'm saying, yeah, values are starting to hit high. There's a high demand for real estate, but the but the difference the different components of what's going on now versus back in 2008 are very, I mean, it's, it's staggering the difference. You know, back in 2008, people were borrowing you know borrowing money and buying real estate, and nobody was moving into the homes. So you had this you had this massive uh, vacant properties out there all over the country. And people were hoping that real estate would just continue to climb no matter what. And then the market collapsed on itself because you need to have home ownership and you need to have people living in those homes in order to support it. So right now what's going on, people are selling homes very quickly. Real estate prices are still, still moderate in relationship, you know, when you compare what was happening back in 2008 to right now. But more importantly, when people buy, there's homeowners. They're not just buying vacant property and hoping that they're going to leverage that into the next to the next upside. So the same thing with stocks. Stocks um, earnings this last quarter, seventy percent of all public companies had earnings that exceeded analysts, and not just exceeded a little bit, folks. Exceeded a huge amount. We're talking about massive change. So therefore, companies are profiting because they are adapting. And that's really the key here is that people were nimble enough, companies were nimble enough 
to be able to change their focus based upon the what the market needed and what the market demanded at the moment. Now, how that's going to change going into 2021, I think, for example, in pharmaceuticals, there's going to be some major changes regarding oncology. I think the delivery of medicine is going to have a phenomenal impact upon uh, cancer and some of the other dreaded diseases going forward. But I think the result of all the research and development that has happened um, over the last nine months or so is going to be, we're, we're going to be, it's like a moonshot. You know, when, when um, NASA went to the moon, the products, the, the development of things that, that enable them to do that, for the next generation, we receive the benefit of that. And I think we're going to receive the benefit of this now going forward, probably for the next 10 to 15 years. Technology and pharmaceutical changes and delivery of medicine is going to be, it's going to be the thing we're all going to go back and look at. And there'll be a key point in time, and it'll be the COVID virus and the response. I've said on the program before, there's 170 companies that have really done a deep dive in the research and development, not only individually, but collaborating with each other. And there's been some breakout discoveries now as far as the vaccines, and there's four different methods of treatment. And just in this last week, we've seen major change in regarding the development and the delivery of medicine. We are heading towards the end of this nightmare. We're heading towards the end of our lockdown. We're heading towards the end of having to isolate ourselves. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that people and companies and individuals, they have worked very hard in developing and coming up with a path. Now, again, you know, you can lay this, lay this to the feet of wherever, but the Trump administration really, really pushed this forward and created a pathway for, for pharmaceutical companies and other research and development and universities to collaborate and move forward and worked with the FDA to say, you've got to speed up your process of um, you know, how, you, how you determine whether a drug is safe or not. So again, I think that what we've seen is that the American people, as well as worldwide, everybody has jumped on this to develop a process and a procedure that's going to benefit us. And it's going to affect us from an economic standpoint going forward. So what we learned from this is that you need to stay invested and you need to refocus periodically and rebalance based upon where the macro, where the money is flowing. If you'd like to know more about what we do and how we do it for our clients, give me a call. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. Now, the big announcement this week is that Pfizer came out with a vaccine that they state is 90% effective. Now, on that news, the stock market and all economic um, things went into the positive. 
and it was a great uh, announcement. And of course, people are excited about that. But then, but then the market kind of slowed. You know, kind of, kind of got to check a reality check because it's going to take a while for them to finalize all their research and to go through all the testing that they need to do before they start administering. Uh, immunization. And it's going to take and probably well into next year, at least the first quarter of next year, before they're going to start to have the most vulnerable to be immunized from COVID-19. But there was an article in the Wall Street Journal. In fact, it came out on November the 10th, the day after the announcement. And it was an article that talked about Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. And it's the effectiveness. It's 90% effective. And it what I like about the article, and it's something I've talked about in the past, there's four different uh, treatments of COVID-19. And I've stated in the past, I thought Pfizer was the uh, lead horse, so to speak. They were the ones that were making the most advances. And just to let you know, Pfizer is one of the few pharmaceutical companies that accepted no public funds. Um, it was all done internally. And uh, they have come up with a messenger RNA vaccine and in this particular article, it talks about how it works. And I've, and I've mentioned this to you before that I think oncology is going to be the biggest benefactor, treatment of cancer, because what they have been able to determine is how to deliver the drug that the body needs the most in order to fight off this virus. And cancer is a virus. But now just with COVID-19, they've been able to identify and deal with the vaccine. Now, again, it's not the traditional vaccine. Typically, when we get a vaccination, there's a small amount of the virus that is put into our body and it triggers our immune system to fight it. And that is about 50 to 60% effective. This here is the delivery specifically on the, on the messenger, what they refer to as the RNA, and it delivers it specifically to the body so that the body can activate its own immunology. Now, again, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a biologist, but I, I'm fascinated by the things that I've read and how this is, this is, um, you know, how this is going to have a major impact upon COVID-19, but also I look at it to the other related factors and just generally dealing with viruses in the future. But particularly in this article, what it does, it talks about, you know, not only the development of it, but also it talks about the safety. I've had a lot of conversation with people saying, well, I'm not going to take the vaccine. You know, I don't trust it. I don't want to put that in my body. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm just saying, stop now and, and get the knowledge, get the information first before you make that blanket statement. You may still choose not to get a vaccination. But the question is, are you taking a big risk by allowing this vaccine uh, by, by being vaccinated? And the, and the issue is, is that the chance of you having repercussions from this vaccination, once it goes through all the tests, are probably less than getting hit by lightning. So you have, you have a vaccination that's going to be very effective, not only to you individually, but to also to the general population. And you need to revisit your thinking if, that, if you're in that camp. But again, this article talks about how Pfizer has gone through and developed the delivery of this vaccine. And if you'd like to have a copy of this, I'd be more than happy to send it out to you. It's called Pfizer's COVID-19 Vaccine is 90% effective. I'll make a free reprint and send it out to you so that you can read this in the leisure of your home and take your time to make your final decisions. It's something that I think that you'll find very valuable. You can call me either at my office at 951-684-7011 
or just simply go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances, the information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.